0: You're listening to Cape Watch Radio with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches through the Book of Acts. Call me sinners, poor, needy, and weak. He stands to save you now, for pity and love, mighty power. He's willing and able, he calls you now
1: see when we refuse to see God's apartness we begin to believe that he's just a superman we don't see that his love is holy we don't see that his justice is holy we don't see that every attribute he has is holy holy not is not something that we possess holiness is something that possesses us it possesses us We've been called to live a separated life, a life of holiness, a life of purity, not living after the flesh or the desires of the flesh, but living after the Spirit.
0: Pastor Dave teaches us today that to be dedicated, sanctified, and consecrated to Jesus, we must set ourselves apart as peculiar people for God's use. The Lord has prepared for each of his children good works to be accomplished in the short time we've been given. As such, we should not be entangled or distracted by the world. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of Acts, chapter 18, verse 18, with his continuing study entitled, Dedication, Sanctification, and Consecration.
1: We have to ask ourselves, am I committed in that way to God? Paul committed his life. One of our definitions of dedication was to be to commit it to a particular course of action. Paul knew what he was called to do, and he committed himself to that. And he kept his focus on that. Jesus had his face like a flint to the cross. When he came to earth, he knew exactly where he was going. He knew exactly what he had to do. Because he was dedicated to what the Father had sent him to do. And I thank God for that. I thank him for that. For being so dedicated. For coming down for me. And saving me. So the scripture says, after many months in Corinth, Paul decided to leave. He says, then he took leave of the brethren and sailed for Syria with Priscilla and Quilla. Paul's time in Corinth had come to an end. Many think that Paul had had his full of the depravity and the uncleanliness of Corinth. And this caused him to take a vow and consecrate himself before the Lord. They believed that the intense worldliness of Corinth made Paul want to express his dedication and separate himself to the world more than ever. So Paul left. Lord had called Paul and set him apart for a special purpose. I want you to go and take the message to the Gentiles. He had stayed in Corinth a long time. Many, many things were happening in Corinth. A large church was being formed. A beachhead in Europe. A large, magnet church was being formed. Many people were getting saved, but Lord was saying, Paul, I've called you to other things. I've called you. There's more people that you need to talk to. There's more people that you need to see. It was time for him to move on and come to into the ministry and continue in the ministry that the Lord had had for him. You know how difficult it is to leave a thriving fellowship and answer the call of God? It's extremely difficult to leave a thriving fellowship and answer God's call when he calls you out to something. It's a choice that only you can make when God calls you. Remember Philip in Acts 8? When we studied Acts 8 years and years ago? He was in the middle of a revival in Samaria. People were getting saved left and right. Mighty, mighty things were happening. All kinds of things were going forward. As God's word continued in advance, and the Samaritans were coming to the knowledge of the Lord. And Philip is in the middle of this. He's seeing people getting saved left and right. This must have been a wonderful time. It must have been a time of excitement, a time of fun. You know what it's like when somebody's accept the Lord? Angels in heaven rejoice. We're all excited and happy. Can you imagine a revival where everybody's getting saved? In the middle of that, there's a tap on his shoulder. What? It's the Lord. I want you to go to the desert. Wait a minute. The action's here, Lord. No, no, no. I want you to go to the desert. Lord, the action's right here. Everybody's getting saved. No, no, no. I want you to go to the desert. Okay, Lord. Here am I. Send me. And he went to the desert. For one person. One person. God sent him to the desert for one person. The Ethiopian. Reading Isaiah, wondering, who's the prophet talking about? Is he talking about himself or another? Mm, That's your opening, Paul. Holy Spirit says, get him. Paul explains the gospel to him. The man becomes saved. He gets baptized right there. And the Ethiopian returns to his country, Ethiopia, born again. Leave the rest to your imagination. Philip was set apart for that particular thing. He was set apart by God and called. Paul was set apart. Paul was separated. Remember back in Acts 13, where they're at the church in Antioch, the Holy Spirit said to the church, now separate unto me, Paul and Barnabas, for the work I have them to do. They were separated. They were called out. Before Barnabas and Saul could do anything great for the Lord, they first must be separated to him. They were set aside. They had to be set apart. If we will separate to God, and that means we must separate from other things. If you separate to God, you must separate from other things. Sometimes other people. You must separate yourself. You can't really say yes to God's call in your life until you say no to the things that keep you from that call. You can't be saying yes, yes, Lord, send me, send me. Oh, not there. No, no, not there. Uh, I certainly don't want to talk to that person, and well, I'm not even going near that person. You can't be choosy. You can't be picking and choosing when, you're, when you want to be separated for God. We make the mistake, and we're influenced so much by the world. We need to be set apart. We need to be separate. We need to be different. Paul warned Timothy to shun vain and profane babblings, and he said, If a man will cleanse himself from these, he will be a vessel of honor, sanctified, and fit for the Master's use. We all want to be fit for the Master's use. Every one of you is born again. Your deepest desire is to be used by God. Your deepest desire is that God would use you some way, somehow. We need to cleanse ourselves from the sin. We can't cleanse ourselves. We have to accept the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. But we also have to cleanse ourselves from the world, the worldliness and the effects it has on us. Sometimes to be a vessel, one must separate himself, answering God's call. So we looked at dedication. We looked at sanctification. How about consecration? Remember our definition of consecration is to declare or to be set apart to dedicate solemnly to a service or goal. It can also mean sanctified. It's something that we choose to do. We declare that we're going to be dedicated to the Lord. We consecrate ourselves. We declare this. We're going to be dedicated to the Lord. Paul took a vow. Paul took a vow. He says he had his hair cut off at Chantria for he had taken a vow. Most scholars agree that the vow Paul had taken was that of a Nazarene. You can find all about that in number six. Read it up for yourselves. The Nazarene vow. But there is some disagreement as to why he took of it, his motives behind taking the vow, or why he took the vow in the first place. That is not the context of our study, although it would be a good time for study. But since the vow was completely voluntary, Paul was not abandoning grace for the law when he undertook it. And we have to make thing, one thing perfectly clear. The vow was not a matter of salvation. It was not a matter of salvation. It was a matter of personal devotion to God. It was not a matter of salvation. By taking this vow, Paul now consecrates himself before the Lord. He gives himself completely to the Lord. He vows to be dedicated to the Lord, to be set apart to the Lord. We're not told why he did, but he did. Maybe it was a special dedication to God for, for being with Paul during those times in, in Corinth when it was difficult. Maybe the depravity and the uncleanliness of Corinth got to Paul, and he felt he had to go back and get right with God. Did that ever happen in your life? When you things were going pretty bad, and, and maybe you, I really messed up. I really did some, some things I really shouldn't do. My walk's not, not what it's supposed to be. What do you do? You run back to God. You run back into God's loving arms, and you go, okay, Lord, help me. Forgive me. You, you consecrate yourself. I want to do this. I'm choosing to do this, Lord. I'm choosing to follow you. Help me. Maybe Paul did that. Maybe it was just, thank you, Lord, for helping me in Corinth. Thank you. The Lord had made a new stronghold in this dark place. I felt like that before. I thought, oh, man, did I blow it. Oh, man. Jeez, they're going to think I'm a real yahoo. Oh, my gosh. And I crawl back to the Lord on my hands and knees and say, Lord, I, I want to live for you. Help me out. You saw me. You going in it. And what does the Lord say to me? Oh, ye of little faith. Have faith. Believe. Regardless of why he took the vow, he consecrated himself to the Lord, and he consecrated himself to the Lord's guidance. Paul makes a choice. The Lord tells the nation Israel, consecrate to be all the firstborn Whatever opens the womb among the children of Israel, both man and beast, it is mine. He does that in Exodus 13. The Lord tells the Israelites to dedicate, sanctify, and consecrate the firstborn to him. They belong to him. The Lord is saying, set them apart from everyone else. They belong to me. They're mine. When we become born again, we become special to God. We become one of his children. We become one of his own. And he separates us. He separates us for the good works. He separates us for his good pleasure. But some people want to come closer. Some people even want to come closer still. Some people want to be disciples of him. Well, Jesus gave you the commands for being a disciple in Luke 9, 23. And he said to him, if anyone desires to come after him, me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. You want to be my disciple? Dedicate, sanctify, and concentrate yourself to me. Yeah, you can be my disciple. Oh, yeah, and do it daily. Do it daily. This is the choice that Paul made. It's a choice we all should make. It's the greatest choice i ever made in my entire life. We see that Paul was dedicated. He was sanctified. He was consecrated to the Lord. But there's another word we need to talk about, a word that we've been kind of dancing around here, a word that when you look at the definition of the word, encapsulates everything we talked about. It says, Holy. Holy. The definition of holy is what? To be consecrated, to be dedicated, to be set apart for the service of God. God told the Israelites, And you shall be holy to me, for I am the Lord. I am holy, and I have separated you from the peoples, that you should be mine. He says that in Leviticus 20, 26. Sometimes we think that what God mostly wants is our obedience but this is in the sense where we can give our, our obedience to God without really giving ourselves to him. This is what the Pharisees did. The Pharisees obeyed all the laws that they thought, but they never gave themselves completely to God. What does God want? He wants us. He wants you and me completely, no strings attached, nothing hindering, nothing in between. He wants us. And if you truly do that, obedience just comes right along with it. We talked about the girl who didn't want to go to China, who never wanted to go to China. And then all of a sudden, she gives her life completely to the Lord. And the Lord says, yeah, you want to go to China? Yeah, I'll go, oh, Lord, sure. Peter brings it into the New Testament. Peter brings it into the New Testament in 1 Peter 1, 15 and 16. He says, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, because it is written, be holy, for I am holy. The idea behind this holiness is not moral purity, but it's the idea of apartness. The idea is that God is separate. He's different from his creation, both in his essential nature and in the perfection of his attitudes or attributes. But instead of building a wall around his apartness, God says, come into my holiness. Come in with me. Be separate with me. Holiness. Holiness is what I long for. Holiness is what I need. That's the name of the song, right? Holiness, I think. Holiness is what I long for. Holiness is what I need. See, when we refuse to see God's apartness, we begin to believe that he's just a superman. We don't see that his love is holy. We don't see that his justice is holy. We don't see that every attribute he has is holy. Holy Holiness is not something that we possess. Holiness is something that possesses us. It possesses us. We've been called to live a separated life, a life of holiness, a life of purity, not living after the flesh or the desires of the flesh, but living after the Spirit. We sang a song this morning called Refiner's Fire. Refiner's Fire. The words are beautiful. The words are beautiful. I asked Frank to play it. Purify my heart. Let me be as gold and precious silver. Purify my heart. Let me be as gold pure goal. Refiners fire It's My one desire is to be holy. Set apart for you, Lord. I choose to be holy. Set apart for you, my master. And I'm ready to do your will. Just like that sap under the fire had to boil and concentrate all that time. God turns up the fire in our lives and boils our lives and consecrates us and sanctifies us and and, and helps us to dedicate our lives to him. He's making us holy. I'm choosing to be holy. But the difference between gold and silver is what? It's corruptible and it'll fade away. Gold and silver will perish. But the holiness that we can get in God will never fade away. He wants to make us into a holy holy being that will never fade. He refines us for his special purpose. He refines us. He turns up that fire and he refines us. Sometimes, I might be imagining things, but sometimes I can feel like he's going, okay, Dave, here we go, turns up that boiler. Sometimes it's like, wow, you feel it. But it's what we choose. We've asked them to purify my heart when we accepted Christ. We ask, that's our, that's, that's our choice we make. They boil that gold and boil that gold to get it pure. And I got a news for you. Every single time they boil it, more impurities come to the top. I used to teach metal shop. We used to have a casting furnace and we would put aluminum in there and it would come up and the, this much would be slag and we'd scrape it off and throw it away. And you'd pour pure ingots of aluminum. They were pure. We got all the impurities out. The next time we fired up the furnace, we would put the pure aluminum back in there, and guess what? There would be slag, and we'd have to scrape the slag off. This is what the Lord's doing in our lives. He's boiling us, and the slag rises to the top, and he scrapes it away, and we're pure. And then he puts us in another trial, and the slag rises back to and he continues to do this until we are going to be holy, presentable to him but I got news for you. Positionally, we already are. Positionally, we already are. He sees us as holy. He sees us as complete. Peter says we're God's chosen people. We've been chosen before the foundations of the world. We've been chosen in Christ. Peter says we're a royal priesthood, a holy nation. We've been set apart exclusively for him. Our citizenship is in heaven, and we obey heavenly laws. We seek to please him. We must not forget that we're chosen. We must not act act like the world because we've been set apart. And although we're in the world, we're not of the world. As we close here, won't you turn with me to Romans chapter 12, please. Paul's writing to the Roman church, and he he gives them tons and tons of doctrine. And he's talking to the Jews about their their inheritance and how they'll finally come in. And then he says in verse 12, chapter uh, chapter 12, verse 1, he says, I beseech you, brethren... By the mercies of God that you present your bodies, living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable, perfect will of God. Don't break down the walls. God has called us apart. We can't let the world corruption eat at us. You know, we're actually living in enemy territory. We're behind enemy lines, as we speak. And the enemy is constantly looking for ways and opportunities to throw us off track. He wants to move in and try to take over our lives. We must present to the world a united front bound together in God's love. We must show the world what God's love and mercy looks like, what God has done for us. We do this by being dedicated to the Lord with all our hearts. We do this by being set apart by the Lord and set apart for his good pleasure. And we do this by choosing Choosing him for his service. This is what Paul did. We too should live our lives seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, having a holy conduct and godliness. Stay in chapter 12, and let's read verses 9 through 21. Paul's saying now, "...let love be without hypocrisy, abhor what is evil, cling to what is good. Be kindly, affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in honor, giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence." fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints, giving the hospitality. Does does this represent your life? Can you look at this and go, yeah, this is how I am. This is what I do? Or are you not missing some area here? He continues in 14, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Repay no one evil for evil, having regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will reap coals of fire on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. You want to know what it looks like? You don't know what the holy living looks like? Right there. Paul gives us an example of how we're to walk. Throughout scriptures, we're told to conduct ourselves worthy of the calling that we have in Jesus Christ. To come into a holy living. It's a choice that we make. We might have to make it day by day. We don't need to be isolated from the world. We just need to be different than they are. Paul's not saying, stay away from the world. Don't have anything to do with them. That's not what he's saying. He talks more about witnessing and showing the love of Jesus Christ. Jesus wanted us to go into the world and make disciples. Jesus had dinner with sinners. He sat, but he wasn't influenced by them. They had no influence over him. Just going to hang out with the guys a little bit. Yeah, we're going to go to a bar, but pff, I'm not going to drink. Just going to hang out with the gang. We do so many things. We, we, we allow the world to, to encompass us. You know, hey, I'm guilty as the next party. Sometimes I question the things I'm watching on TV. They're like, why am I watching this? What is this doing to my spirit by watching this? I'm not sitting here pointing at you. i got three fingers pointing at me. God has called us to a holy living. He's called us to be set apart, to be different. And that's what I see in Paul. I see Paul had this great dedication to the Lord. He was sanctified. He was set apart. And he made a specific consecration vow. He said, I'm going to do this for God. I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to be faithful to you. He said this. He declared this. I think God's wanting that declaration from all of us. I think God is waiting for that declaration. Some of you had said, have said to me, I want to be used by God. I want to be used mightily by God. I, I want to see God work in my life. I want to see God work in my family's life. And you know what? Blah, blah, blah. And I go, yes, let's pray about it. Let's pray about it. Have you given God all of you? Have you given God everything of you or are you still holding on to a few pieces in your life? I'll just hold on to this one. This one's mine. God wants all of you. He wants you to dedicate your life to Him. He's taken you and set you apart. He separated you from the world. He's saying, now be different. He wants you to consecrate your life to Him. And He wants you to be holy as He is holy and righteous God who loves you from the foundations of the world who loved you so much that he gave his dear son Jesus Christ to die for you so that you could be that person that he has chosen you to be like his design not ours his plan not ours his will not ours
0: Pastor Dave will continue teaching through the book of Acts the next time you join us You know, programs like Cape Watch Radio can be a huge blessing that God uses in the lives of countless people. But we must always be careful about just hearing God's Word. Remember what James said? But be doers of the Word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the Word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. As you join us each day here on Cape Watch Radio, it's our hope and prayer that you would not only hear God's Word, but that you would do God's Word. That you would take the lessons that you're learning here on Cape Watch Radio and apply them to your everyday life. We want to help you continue to apply God's Word to your life. We have resources to help you in this journey. Log on to www.capewatchradio.com. There you'll find helpful tools that you can use as you study God's Word. Again, our web address is capewatchradio.com. Or you can always give us a call. Our phone number here at Cape Watch Radio is 609-884-5821. That's 609-884-5821. And don't forget to place a marker in your Bibles and join us again as Pastor Dave continues teaching through the Word of God. Until next time, may God bless you.